Welcome back to another episode of Who's on the Lord's Side. Today I wanted to discuss Satan being the prince of this world, the ruler of this world, and also what scripture refers to him as, as the uh, power of the air, the prince of the power of the air, okay? And again, on and off lately, I've been talking about the enemy because I say it all the time that as believers, I feel like the biggest mistake, well, two of the biggest mistakes that we make or most people make, certainly not you if you're listening to me, is that one, uh, people don't read the word of God to understand what the true word of God is, to know how to worship God in spirit and in truth, not only to um, give God the praise and the glory, but for him to be active in your life and to really move and have the really the spirit and the power that you have that you just don't know you have in order to unleash it you can't do that if you're operating under the influence of satan okay and the second mistake that i know that uh, believers make especially so a lot of them even if they do read is underestimating the enemy which time and time again scripture has warned us to be very vigilant very aware sober even but constantly on watch, you know, day and night, because you never know when, when he's setting up a trap and there's always a trap, okay? And not only that, they're more cunning, the people he's sending into your lives that you think are innocent. You know, I, I was talking in the previous episode about how he'll activate those people at certain times and all of a sudden they'll just start wreaking havoc on your life, almost to put you into either depression or destruction or financial ruin even. So the thing is, it's like the Messiah said, he, he, he never... In God as well, never set us up to be down here sitting ducks, just waiting, you know, to just be taken out. He said, behold, I send you forth as a sheep amidst the wolves. Okay, so be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Okay, your sheep, my sheep. And there are wolves out here. But also, you know that there are wolves in sheep clothing. This is what I mean by the people that will infiltrate your life, that will have um, good intentions supposedly at first, but eventually you'll find out that that was just a lie. Because you got to remember, I say it all the time, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Every trick that Satan has for you is very subtle and cunning. He does not come out and say, hey, I'm going to do this and do that. Could you imagine how many people, um, if if they met... Um, the kidnapper, children, if they met the kidnapper, if the person who's operating under the spirit of the devil at the time, you think the devil says, hey, I'm going to take you away from your mom and daddy. You're never going to see them again. Come with me this way. You know, you know they don't talk like that. If the, the man who abuses women and slaps women around often enough and all the time, and this is just something that he always does, you know, if, if, if you know, he meets a girl that he likes and she starts talking about this abusive relationship, how she hates guys, you think the first thing he's going to say was, hey, every now and again, you know, if I get really upset or I drink too much, I, I, I act like a jerk and I slap women around sometime. I, I think you should just know that. Hey, come home with me. You know, like, come on. Nobody says these things. <laughs> you know, what they try to do is they try to be tricky. Even the person is trying to, unless they're just like, you know, robbing you in front of your face. Most people are trying to be deceitful. The person trying to steal the kid is going to say, hey, I have some candy over here. Uh, I know your mom. They asked me to pick you up. You understand what I'm saying? This is what it is. It's a road to hell, but it's paved with good intentions. Same thing with the person who's hitchhiking on the side of the road. The person who's in the car that's picking you up isn't going to say, hey, if you get in the car with me, you know, I'm going to kill you. Murder you. You're going to be on the news tomorrow, and they're going to be looking for you for months, and never, and they're not going to find your body for maybe 20 years. You know, I'm going to get away with it and go kill another girl. And I, you're like the fifth girl that I killed. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is not how Satan operates. And so I feel like as believers, we're constantly falling into traps, unawares because we're not um, as you know, prepared as we need to be because we're not studying the enemy. So with the scripture with Messiah saying, 
um, be, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves is basically saying, know your enemy and study the enemy. To be wise as a serpent doesn't necessarily mean to do what the serpent do so much as to be understanding in the tricks and the ways that he moves. Okay, not only just stay woke, but it's kind of like, you know, um, you got to it's like you got you, you got to be able to think like a con to be able to spot the con. You know, what I say? you can't con a con. You don't always have to be the con. Like you could just live in New York City and just know what the con mindset is like. And he's like, I, I know you ain't trying to play me like I'm from New York or wherever it is. You know, that's what it is. You got to have you have to have that mentality to know when the devil is at work. You have to be able to discern it. So, again, <clears throat> with me touching on this episode. It's just me just driving the point home again about who is in control as far as the power uh, of this world, the energy that's currently flowing through the air. Again, they refer to him in scripture um, a few times as the prince of the power of the air and how people who are either spiritually dead or unsaved, um, even if whether knowingly or unknowingly, are automatically under the influence of Satan. Again, also, if everything you're doing or if you're not operating in a godly way and nobody's perfect, that's not what I'm saying. It's not supposed to, it's not about being consistent every single day, but it's all about the mindset and the building of the relationship. Do when you stumble, are you saying to God, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean to, whatever, but it's, stop saying I'll never do it again and, and putting that strain on yourself so much as to say, God, give me the strength to overcome it. You know what I mean? And to give me the strength that even if I do slip, Lord, that I don't be so hard on myself like Satan will want me to be, to be like, ah, give up, stop trying, to give up, give up and stop trying to do this thing that you know you can't do. You're flesh and blood, you're human, you're not perfect. You know how many people's going to keep trying to give up and, or, or try to justify our because they're not perfect? Nobody asks you to be perfect. You know, we already know that on the day of the judgment, in those areas in our lives that we were not perfect, this is where the Messiah comes in with his perfect record, okay, and he will make up for that based on him knowing us and us having a relationship with him because he is the door. You must come in through the door. He is the door. You can't go in through the back window. There's no cheating in this thing. This is why I'm, I'm trying to stress to people a lot. You know, if you're doing some of these witchcraft things that I was saying before in previous episodes, Zen, horoscopes, I don't care what it is. You know, a lot of people don't know that they're operating under the influence of sin. Now, a person who is spiritually dead, uh, by definition, has no life by which he can respond to spiritual things, much less a spiritual life. So if you're spiritually dead, obviously something in you is dead. So when I say they have no life, I mean the life in them as far as the spirit quickened. It's, 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 uh, it's not a, they don't have a life that's active in the spirit to make them respond to spiritual things. Meaning, uh, if somebody drops a word on them, you try to take them to church. You know those people you're always trying to get the word to? I done, I done sat there with people, gave them tests, they passed it. With a 24-hour time frame, they forgot. I don't care if we, talked, if we talked about it, I stayed on the same chapter for months and almost was like repeated verbatim every day and still for some reason they don't stick. That's when I started to get concerned about the person. But again, I met them as an atheist and they were coming under the guise of, tr of trying to, you know, get to know me. But under the impression of, well, she doesn't seem to be interested in all these other things that I usually do to people to infiltrate their life. But it seems like the word of God is something that she's fascinated into. So one day out of the blue, the same person has to walk away every time you talk about God and get disgusted. And ugh, ah, ah, ugh. I mean, Satan is at work. And now all of a sudden, no. Mm -mm. All right. So the person cannot respond to spiritual things, 
let alone live a spiritual life. So no amount of love, care, words, or affection from God can draw a response. Like nothing will penetrate. That's why the scripture is very clear. The scripture it will, it will be veiled to a lot of people. Even Paul said, if the scripture, if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who not meant to, who just doesn't accept the word. It's just it's just plain as day. That's why wide is the gate. You know, there's too many scriptures that's like wide is the gate. And that straight and narrow path is not that many people that's going down um, from it. So a spiritually dead person is alienated from God when they are in that state and also alienated from life, you know, access to kind of like life eternal. This is the type of state that you don't want to be stuck in or go out in. You know what I mean? As far as if you pass away, as you don't know when you're going to go, you don't want to be the type of person because we all go on and off on the grid, you know. But I'm at the point in my life I'm trying to just stay on the grid. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, no more, you know, playing and tapping my toes on the line between, you know, over here and over there. That's not how it works, you know. And there's more of a responsibility on the believer whom God has revealed things to. Through the spirit, you know, see that truth, that that spirit of that, that, that the spirit of truth that he says is going to pour out on the last days, and people are going to prophesy. And I was saying in the, in the last previous episode that the you know people are going to have dreams and visions and <clears throat> all this nonsense or whatever. It's not nonsense, but you know what I mean. That is, um, you know, what's happening now. But um, the spiritually dead person at that point is um, only walking or living in the sense. Okay, so when a person is spiritually dead, the only walking or living a person can do at that point is according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air who is the ruler of this world who is Satan. Okay, now when I say that the only walking and living they can do is according to the course of the world, the course of this world would follow, I guess you could say, what people refer to of this is as, as the spirit of the times, okay? So to understand the course of the world, we must look at the current spirit of the times, if that makes any sense. And you can see that clearly the leadership is of, of Satan, a.k.a. the prince of the power of the air, it is what is at work today if you look at the spirit of the times. Now, a definition, if you want just like a quick breakdown of what the spirit of the times is, it's like it kind of will reflect or it is like, the direction or the course in which society as a whole is going in basic agreement about a lot of moral things like one, what is right or wrong? Two, what is valuable or worthless? Three, what is important or unimportant? Um, and so when it comes to the society or the course or the system that we are under today, it is sinful minded people especially in the government, and you can clearly see that they are all of one mind. Now, the people who are believers or so-called believers or, or, or atheists or people who just, you know, spiritually dead, you name it, you know, or you could call them the walking dead. I prefer to them because when you're talking to them, it looks like the lights is on and nobody's home. You know, they say the eyes is the window to the soul, and I'm telling you, it's just like shells. They're shells, you know, <clears throat> to me. So they're simply-minded people. And they all share one mind. You know, the government, like I said, is also of one mind. Okay, you see how the government is the ones who legislated all of this uh, gay marriage and a lot of this stuff that's going on now is getting really legislated. It's not anymore anything that you would have think is moral now. It's a law. You know, it's like, and then if you speak up against the law, then you could, you're considered somebody of a hate or of a discrimination. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's getting very, the tone is getting very loud. So, because they are of one mind, they will begin to work to fulfill the goals and the value of their system. 
Okay, the system, again, being the spirit of the times. So they, they all work in one accord. And even though it defies God and will ultimately lead to not only self-destruction here, but it, it eventually, ultimately, uh, their spiritual death, chronic sinners and the spiritual dead will still persistently continue in their rejection. And um, the worse their system becomes, the, world, the worse the world becomes. When we talk about the system, we're talking about the world, we're talking about the, the spirit of the times. Um, the worse it becomes, the more they're going to try to justify it. And why they're going to try to justify why it's okay is 2019 or whatever situation is not 1804. You know, I mean, times have changed. Da, 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 da. We, you know, we're not here anymore. The Bible is uh, just a regular book written by men and whatever new age stuff that they're coming up with. Um, this law of attraction, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just too much to pick from. ASMR, okay? But the point is they're going to keep justifying it and they're going to condemn those who speak um, the word of God against it. See, the thing is, though, the word of God is always going to be, this is why when the new uh, world order comes in, they're going to be silencing these people. This is why the mark of the beast, especially this is when people are going to get really loud, especially those who are woke and trying to look for signs. So a lot of people think saying they think they know what it's going to be. I personally can't say that I know yet. I wish I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I've seen so many documentaries. A lot of people did a lot of, put a lot of good work in some is, you know what I'm saying, some is like, okay, that makes some sense, but it seems as if it might be some type of a chip and might not be. But whatever that, that um, whenever it happens, it's going to happen because Scripture says it has to happen. It has to happen because this one, the false Messiah, is going to come who's the Antichrist. You know? I think the, the most, I would say the frightening thing to me is how, you know, believers are not only are they not prepared, but we don't know what generation of Antichrist is going to infiltrate. He might be here. He could be a child growing. Literally, he could be like Damien in the Omen. Or you remember, I don't know if anybody ever remember Damien in the Omen. Uh, the little boy that was uh, really the Antichrist, and they adopted him into a political family. Remember, it was, his, it was a very political family who was in the government. And uh, if you remember Damien, I think it was called Damien 1, 2, and 3 in the 70s. And then they redid it in the 2000s. They, I think it came out on 6-6-2006. They even made the movie come out on the, the, the come on. And everybody's making a big deal out of it. They remade it. But in the first ones in the 70s and the third one, he made it all the way to the presidency. And everywhere this little boy went, people was dying and all this thing and all this stuff was happening. So what I'm saying, like, he could be here and just growing. That's what I mean. Because at the end of the day, I wish everybody would see the devil does such a great job. That's why I keep talking about trying to uh, help everybody to remember, what, you know, the story and how it goes. Is that he have to produce an uh, uh, antichrist. You see, what you have to understand, antichrist don't just simply mean uh, anyone who's against Christ. It also means anything God does, I have the opposite. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Everything God does, the devil will copy. Why? Because his ultimate goal from the beginning has been what? To overthrow God, okay? To, to, to rebel, 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 rebel has been his name from the beginning, okay? To stand up, overthrow God, take over, become God, be better than God, and do everything better, whatever, than God. So everything God does, he do. God got children. He got children, Okay, he have children, not just an army that fell with him. That's not his children. I'm talking about children, children. Okay, and not only does he have children, but he have to produce an antichrist. And people could always go back to Genesis in the garden when he gave the curses out. He gave the curses out to three people, Adam, Eve. Okay, Eve was the childbirth and all of this and the pain. And she was going to be lured by her husband. And then Adam, he had to work, <clears throat> you know, and, and nothing was going to yield him fruit from the ground. And I'm sure maybe there was one other thing. And but why did this, what happened when the serpent got cursed? He's his physical form changed. So apparently the serpent was never ever just a, a being or a, a, I guess you could say an animal that crawled on its belly. 
that was the curse. And now you're going to crawl in your belly. But supposedly it had a, it had a better uh, appearance to it. Um, as a matter of fact, in the book of Adam and Eve, um, the serpent, they did run into the serpent as they were wandering in the, in the earth sometime later. And that was one of the things the serpent said is because of them that the, 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 uh, this form has changed. But the curse that came out to the serpent is my main point was that his seed and her seed. Between you, you and Eve now, her seed and your seed. And, you know, her seed, you know, is going to stomp, on, stomp your head and you're going to bite the heel. And, you know, this whole prophecy was going to be you at the victory. Now, what happened through Eve's line? Eventually, you get through, um, you know, Cain killed Abel. But they got the, the redo over through Seth. Seth was in the image of, of, of the closest um, image to Adam, who was very similar to what Abel was. You see how they all still had the spirit. It didn't matter if, if Adam sinned. After that point, he learned. And they did right, you know what I mean? And then they continued down until David, and then David through Jesus, the Messiah, um, Yeshua, Mashiach, whatever you like to name him. I don't want to offend anybody, okay? And then uh, he came, conquered death, rose, waiting to come back. So on the, Messiah, the, the, um, on the other side, what he got to do? He got to go produce that, that, that uh, child, that seed that, the, that God already prophesied that he's going to have because that's the woman's seed we know who the woman's seed is but nobody ever think about the devil to be like oh wait a minute because y'all even when they be like oh everybody's going to heaven god gonna come back but when everybody said god gonna jesus gonna come back i don't think they understand that what is he coming back for exactly i mean i think they just be like he's coming back to punish everybody it's not just about punishing people man it's not just about punishing people so much as putting stuff in order it's a lot of stuff been going on since the beginning of time that's just been running around rampant. It's time to put stuff in order. And one of the main things in the first order of business, other than the weep, the, the whipping and gnashing of the teeth, which I still can't get over that scripture, uh, okay, is, what do you call it, uh, the restoring of the kingdom. How it's supposed to be. This is not God's system. This is not God's kingdom. With people running around here operating under the spirits that they're doing human trafficking, you know, touching little children, raping elderly women, this is not of God. Sleeping with their daughters, men sleeping with their daughters, and, and, and daughters sleeping with their mothers, husbands, and vice versa, and all of this. This is not this is not of God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. People that are operating these things and think it's okay. As poor people are at the end of the day, when the shades are drawn, we don't know who people are. Until you ask, maybe if you let them in your life, and you especially if you live with somebody, you might start to really get to, you know. But most people, you just don't, you just know what they tell you. And like I said, the devil move around just like how they move around. But uh, so if... God had to produce the seed would not, not mean that Satan had to produce someone on the other side, is my long story short, is my point. Meaning he had to produce a seed for the Messiah to come back and squash that head. That's what I'm telling you about. It's not just about coming back to get humans and punish them, but that's part of course. But before all of that, there was somebody that came and led everybody astray. The scripture is very clear in Revelation. I'm going to read that scripture in a little bit. That the whole world was led astray because of that great the serpent of old. That great serpent of old, that dragon, the serpent. Okay? So you got to come squash that serpent head. You know what I'm saying? And restore the order of the kingdom. And bring down new Jerusalem. Okay? That's when order is going to be restored and everything going to be where it's supposed to be. Everybody going to be where it's supposed to be. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more dying, no more any of that. But... Um, which you need to worry about if you are a believer, because that's God's personal problem with one of his fallen children that he locked out of heaven is where we all fit in the middle of this. Okay. Cause this is the important part that the believer should always remember is we are being picked on. We are being picked on by Satan daily accused, 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 being the adversary every day. 
because he's trying to win it. I can't. It's very scary. I couldn't even imagine how many souls he has done won over. And some of them he's got on reserve and he's just waiting for y'all to self-destruct and descend. And some of you don't even know that what you're doing or what path you on or, you know, especially if you, you know, you could be spiritually seen and then become spiritually dead. You know, people get swayed by the world every day to finally bother and say, you know what, I've been going the wrong path. God ain't reeling all this nonsense. You just going now. You don't ever want to be in a position where you could be that way is what I'm saying. And the biggest mistake, like I was saying, and what Isaiah 51 said, my people suffer because of lack of knowledge. All you got to do is read, study to show thyself approved. Rightly, you know, workmen need, uh, need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing, meaning you know stuff. When you see it, the spirit just going to come on you and start discerning. But again, you can't do that if you don't know your enemy. I always like to give this example of if a box is going into a ring or if a nation is going to war with another nation. You're not going to see a nation go to war with another nation and not try to figure out if they could even send spies to see what kind of weapons they have, even if it was weapons of mass destruction. I mean, even Joshua and the spies went over to see to the promised land what they was looking at. They said they was like grasshoppers in their sight. We know that was Satan's uh, Nephilim giant children running around. You know, the Bible's very clear. No, no, nothing is a secret. God said he don't hide nothing from us. He says, it's not a, this is not a joke. Like he's just trying to play people like, uh-huh, I'm just going to set them up in life and not give them any clue what the hell he's doing. That's not what happened here. What happened here, he's got misled, he got misestrayed. Like, even when it comes to the Bible, the book, and I always talk about people reading it all the time. But, you know, they don't put out so many books throughout the history of the world. You know how many millions of books that have been put out? It's almost like now, if you want to, even if you was reaching for a book, this ain't the first book that people going to sit down and read. And then when you sit down, you got to focus on it. And you really got to really, you know, focus on it and give it time. But then you got all these other distractions. It was meant, this book ain't never going to go nowhere, but it was meant to keep you from reading, especially black people. The last thing that everyone black people do is read. Then when you finally got freed and you tried to read, they said they had to try to make you do a test. You couldn't do the test because you couldn't read. Do you know how many steps they took to try to hold back to give black people the right to read? If a slave got caught reading, they almost could have died. What the hell could be in a book? You know, in those days, it wasn't that many books. You, you got to know that. I'm not saying there wasn't books like the classics. I'm sure maybe a Charles Dickinson, but it wasn't that many books. And in those days, no matter how much sin increases in every generation, the generation before, and usually a century or two, or three or four or five or four, usually have more godly people abiding in it than I would say even today. Because now we're in the last, close to the last days. You know, there's a reason for that. Because they want you to just know some math. You know what I mean? Black people, even if they knew math, they still probably wouldn't be able to balance their check. But it wasn't their math. They didn't want you to know. They didn't want you to start thinking too much. Like, go on places. Now, I got to move on. Let me see. <clears throat> right. So, again, they keep going on um, in their rebellion spirit. Because you got to remember, the rebellion spirit they get from him, anybody who's against God is automatically um, in rejection of God. So, the more they are persistent in the rejection, and the worse that the system of the world becomes, like I said before, the more they're going to try to justify it. So, they are of one mind because they have a common leader and Lord. And that person is the prince of the air, as I mentioned before. But let me just find the scripture very quickly. I'm looking for the scripture on um, how Satan's script, how Satan's kingdom is not divided, because you know these things that I say, I always like to back up with some kind of scripture as well. But it says here in Matthew. 12 verse 26 and if Satan cast out Satan he is divided against himself how shall then his kingdom stand and if I by be Leelzebub cast out devils 
by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, you shall be your judges. Okay. So basically, when we're looking at verse 26, this is Matthew 12, verse 26, King James Version. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. And how shall thou kingdom stand? In other words, Satan's kingdom is not divided. You know, Satan's kingdom not divided. Meaning that they all are of one mind. Now... Scriptures I wanted to refer to now to just, if people don't know or learning, I don't know, or just looking for this for the first time, brushing up, if you're looking for some scriptures that does clarify that since Satan is indeed the ruler of this world, I'm going to first go to Luke chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 5 through 6. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 6. And it says, And the devil, taking him up into high mountains, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will, I give it. Okay, but look how he said right here. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will give it. <clears throat> so what we have here is that it is Satan who has authority over this world as far as this realm especially in controlling men now does that mean that he's in complete control no because god is a final satan everything but everything that's playing out is prophesized okay everything that's going on right now is meant to happen god is not the type of person for do-overs if god was a do-over type person he would have gave adam and eve a second chance in the garden so we know because we know he has a plan you know, it's, that, it's just not that he's just being such a cruel father and just letting us all go through this. As a matter of fact, everybody is falling from grace. Man is falling, and certainly Satan and his one-third is falling. The only difference is man has the bridge back. That access has been granted. It's, you know what I'm saying? Access is, you know, open sesame. But it's just a matter of now that the, it's like, now the devil's like, no, because he can't go back. I wish people would understand how, how much they hated it. I did a whole episode about it when I did, um, I think I did a Fallen Angels, I can't remember. And I know that I read from Enoch. And I know that Enoch was the one that they asked to make petition for them. And Enoch caught them under the tree and they all wrote a, um, a petition. And this is a time when Enoch was, when he was away from men, he was getting these out-of-body experiences or he's going, they were not exactly translation out yet because that's officially when they go up. But he was getting visions and he was going on these tours of heavenlies. And he went to the throne and he asked, and the God said, "Listen, look at this." He said, "Tell them this." I remember this is further one of the things that stood out to my mind. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, "Isn't it odd?" Tell them this. Like it's ironic how uh, you have man interceding for you when you was once in a position when you was an angel interceding for man. You know what I'm saying? Like look how things change. And he was like, "No." You can't come back. Same thing with the do-over. If the do-overs was possible, forget Adam and Eve getting a do-over. Don't you think Satan and the one-third would have got another chance? I mean, that's, I, they really did cry their eyes out about it. Because when Enoch came back and told them the news, and not only did he send them the news that y'all know you can't come back, you're locked out, but he also told them that there was going to be a flood coming. He was going to wipe out their children that they made with the women. 
the women who became the first witches and then all the people it, when they tell you when they say they taught mankind the cutting of the stones and the dyes and the and metals and how to make breast brass plates and spears and makeup and jewelry and all of that and and cutting of the roots that applies to men and women it just meant men mankind that they just started to teach them all these things because the first people when they went to was the children of Cain. <clears throat> i remember the book of adam and eve or it wasn't even it might not even been the book of adam and eve. it was a, one of the books Ooh, i've got a i did a whole episode on it the there was a, the mount of the holies or where everybody was there um all the seth's children was there and cain's children who eventually got seduced by satan somehow he infiltrated them and again, the, um, the Nephilim was walking around at the time as well. And they got them to make music and all these harps and instruments. And, and it, it got to the point that they started to lure them one by one off of the mountain. And they kept saying, this is the people who was alive at the time. Methuselah, Noah, um, I think Jared. It was one of those early, those earlier fathers. Because, again, Enoch had probably just got translated a couple hundred years before. It wasn't, it wasn't that long. And everybody was still living 900 years old. And they kept telling them the good children of Seth to, to not go down there. And they kept going. They went down there because they, they said that they stayed down there day and night. And said sometimes the children of Seth wouldn't go home. They would just stay at the top of the mountain. They was mesmerized, distracted, and wanted to go down. And sometimes they, a few of them started to sneak down while the elders who told them, no, don't, Methuselah, Jared, all of them. No, 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 don't, don't. And then guess what? They got locked out. You see the same way Adam and Eve got locked out of the garden. There was a, a sword and a blade that went uh, every which away and they, by angel. Yet it was a fire that burned and everybody, and whoever went down, went down. And as they said, by the end, the only people that was on the mountain, I think it was Noah, uh, Methuselah, and one other person. And, and so, you know, that's how it goes. Because remember, by the, towards the end, Noah had his family and, and, and then he got on the ark. So long story short, we're going to kill your kids that you had with the watches and all the sinful people that y'all, done, you know, led astray. And also the birds and the fowls and the beasts because y'all been tampering with them. You know, they was, they was everything God do, they try to do, they was perverting uh, God's original designs. And um, that's how it happened, so to speak, I guess, is what I'm saying. All right. So anyway, we have in Luke 4. Five through six, uh, how can he offer you anything? How can he even offer men today, these celebrities, the world? They offer their souls. They sell their souls, literally. Some say it in music. Some say it already. Some people already have openly said that they, like Nicki Minaj, she had demons conjured up into her and all this other nonsense. And they feel spirits coming into them. They have alter egos, you know, all the different things that they're telling you they're into. Madonna openly about Kabbalah. A lot of them into this Kabbalah stuff, which is witchcraft. You All under your face because, again, <clears throat> it's subtle. Satan is subtle. The road to hell is paved with good intention. So it kind of makes it, everything seem harmless, like the Church of Scientology. All this stuff is, is not of God. But the point is, when he sells, when he offers these people... The same thing that he wrote for the Messiah, because that's who he's talking to in verse 4 through 5, <clears throat> or 5 through 6, is when he says the devil took him up to a high mountain. They're talking about the Messiah. And it says that he said, I will give all of these things to you and glorify them if you would just, you know, bow down and worship me. You know, just get down and worship me and just give it to me and just, you know, just don't save me. I'm kind of so miserable. Misery love company. That's the other thing. If you know people that's misery and they love company, that, that spirit is not of God. That spirit is of the devil because the devil is the same way. I can't go, so I don't want y'all to go either. And that's what I'm trying to say as far as humans need to, especially believers, need to understand what, what this fight is about every single day. What this what that you're in a spiritual war every day, no matter how physical your world looks, you need to always be looking with your spiritual eyes. That's why when the Messiah came and talked, he said, If you have ears, let 
from here. Obviously, you have ears. You know you ain't deaf. He's talking about your spiritual ears. That's why when you read sometimes, you say, God, when I'm reading today, you know, please open up my spiritual eyes, my spiritual eyes so I may see something. Sometimes you end up, you looking for one thing, you end up falling on something else. Your spirit just falls on something else. That's what you were supposed to see with your spiritual eyes, you know, and pray on that. <clears throat> but how can he offer them the world? Do you see how they get in the souls? Last point, I keep saying it over and over, but he gets their souls because he offers us the same thing he offered the Messiah, and a lot of people say yes, and they love and they love you. Why do you think Hollywood love rags to riches story? Some people these days, the new and up-and-coming artists are usually um, a celebrity's kid or somebody that knew somebody or whatever along the way. Like, even, um, I think, Jordan Woods, even her father was somebody who was close to Will Smith. And he was, like, a director or something. So even though she was, he wasn't somebody that everybody was that familiar with as an everyday household name, she's still somebody who was you know, able to get with the Jenners and the Smiths and all of this. So my point is, um, Rags and Ridges stories, though, what do you think that is? Everybody loves that. And what do you think it is? They come in, they put you around all this nice stuff and say, you want this, you want it. You got signed, yo, soul over the same. I don't think there's a single person that's working in Hollywood right now that's not an agent for um, the devil. You just cannot be on TV every day. The more and more you see them on TV, as often as you see them being prominent and as often as you hear them on the radio, it means they are, they are doing um, their due diligence to keep up with their contract, <clears throat> their agreement. But they will have to pay at the end of the day. Long story short, thank God the Messiah said no because we would have lost the access back and uh, we would have been doomed, you know what I mean, forever. And it's like that's why he's so wonderful. Well, so many reasons why, but <laughs> it's not easy overcoming this world. Let's go to Matthew 16, 21 through 23. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he, how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Right? So I'm looking at the scripture and using it uh, for this episode because here you have Peter, who clearly is a disciple and one that Jesus loves very much. Okay? Even though he denied him three times later, but it's okay. Okay? The point is here... All the Messiah told him is what was getting ready to happen concerning things that must happen prophetically in order to fulfill the mission, you know, what it was that he came here to do. The fact that they've been talking about this in Hebrew script, um, scriptures and history for thousands of years and it's finally happening and, you know, he's preparing them for what's going to happen. But to have Peter turn around and say, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, notice how, notice how it is a simple saying. Most people, especially when I would read it maybe a long time ago, I would be like, oh, what, you know, because there's, there's something about the Messiah, some about the Messiah you don't understand. He's extremely unorthodox. That's another reason why he's so fascinating. It's because, I won't say he talks in riddle, but even when he's talking in riddle, it's like it's the way he talks to you, even if he's playing you, he plays you in a riddle. He's very wise. <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to talk like that. Not perfectly, you know, but, you know, this is a certain way. But, again, 
All he simply said was, no, uh, you know, I don't want that to happen to you, be far from you. But the truth of the matter is to not have it happen is to, is to, to say you don't want it to happen is to not have this, the thing fulfilled. You understand? Like, for instance, if indeed he said to Satan, I'm going to bow down and worship you, please. And if he accepted Satan's offer, he wouldn't have died, right? Now, technically, this would have been what uh, Peter would want. Not necessarily that way, though. I don't think Peter would say, hey, I want you to buy it down to Satan until you can get the whole world so you don't die. But technically, this would be what Peter's wish would be, that somehow he does something where he doesn't die and he's able to stay here. You understand? But look, if he died or if he had took the promise or, or the, the fake false promise you know, it's always he's always offering you the Godhead. The the offering of the Godhead is the main the main lie. Everybody he sells that rebellious Godhead lie that everybody can be their own God, or you can be the ruler, or even these celebrities they think they're God, or 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 you know people talk to each other they be like peace God, or you know they talk to each other in all this way. Uh, I'm, they everybody think they they the uh, reincarnation of a Ra or Set or Cyrus or, or all these black Egyptians. Or I can't understand. I'm not saying Egyptians was not a, a melanated people. I you know I did a whole episode about how most of the ancient world was of melanated race. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're a believer and you're still trying to find out who you is and who your ancestors is as far as the children of Ham in Egypt, and you can't remember that the that the Egyptians are. The Hamid, Hamidic people sat there and oppressed the children of Israel, the children of God, and the great, great Exodus. I mean, the Exodus was so powerful. To towards even to, into practically the end of the book, they're talking about when, when the Messiah went and freed the children of Israel because that was when He revealed Himself not only um, to to Moses in the burning bush, but to the people as their God from the promise that He made to Abraham. This was a big deal. This is when you got the Lord. This when you when he, when he started to establish himself as 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 with him living amongst them with the tabernacle and the pillar of 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 um a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You know, this was a big deal. This is how you started to understand the story, and to sit there and just be talking about something black Egyptian and you want this. So, back to Peter though. Peter saying this was he was under the spirit of the devil. To not want it to happen would be to be technically under the spirit of the devil. See, and even though he meant well, that's what I'm talking about, about the subtleness, and he probably didn't even understand. That's the thing, that he was operating under the, the influence of um, the saying, I, I, I believe that when Yeshua said, I, I rebuke you, it just went away. You know what I mean? And then that was it, until that spirit came back when, it was gonna, when he was going to deny him three times. And I don't think the Messiah told him that because um, I think he wanted to make him understand what he, he doesn't understand as a human being is that sometimes you're going to go back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So even though you're in and out sometimes, and I know that's something right now in your heart you would never do. Now, let me put you in the hot seat and everybody asks you, is that him? Is that the one? Aren't you with him? Didn't we see you the other day? Three times. And then when he said that, so he remembered. It's because he knew. He knows the future. He can foresee all things. Moving on. Um, let me go to John 8. John 8, 43 and 45. I just got a few more scriptures left. So this is when... Um, Jesus was talking to the, um, I believe it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, or supposedly they said that they were children of Abraham. And he says in verse 43, why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, these people technically were descendants of Abraham by blood. 
But at this point, clearly, Satan has infiltrated not only the world, I mean, which he had already been in, but their hearts, and it had hardened. So when he's saying that you're not of um, Abraham, because if you would, you'd understand my speech, is to say you are spiritually dead. But he said, why do ye not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You see, now he's not saying hear with your ears, he's saying hear with your spirit. This, this is spiritually dead people. And he's, what he's saying is that the spiritually dead people are of their father, the devil, and the lust of their father they will do. The lie and cheat. I mean, especially when it's like excessive, like habitual, habitual. It's one thing if you feel bad and guilty. At least the spirit is trying to work in you in conviction, okay? If you get caught a lot of times too and it even makes you feel worse, that's the Lord trying to, you know, the, the, whom the father loves, he corrects. You know, as the father who chasteneth his child. And they do wrong. You want them to go the right way. Spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, <laughs> this is what it says. Then I read that scripture not too long in the episode with y'all, and I was laughing. It said something like, use the rod on the child. He ain't going to die. <laughs> Better to, to, to whip some stuff. Seriously, man, you, even God is going to spank you, you know. <clears throat> and even then, it's not to shun you or to, to say I hate you. It's to say I love you. Get right with me, please. So, again, they, they, these people were not uh, spiritually of God. Okay, and that's why I say you're your father, you're gonna do his lust, and he was a murderer from the beginning. Now, when they say he was a murderer from the beginning, a lot of people think about uh, the first murder and they think about Cain and Abel, but you gotta remember when you're talking about murder and death, especially with the Bible, but especially when it comes to the word of God, it's not always the first death they usually referring to is not usually the one that you're talking about the physical. The death that they usually always refer to, especially when they're talking to somebody who's living and calling them dead. That's why people get offended all the time when they're living, you call them dead. <laughs> Is the, is the spiritual death. That's what he's talking about, okay? Meaning he spiritually killed Adam and Eve from the moment, you know, he, the, he sent the serpent in through the garden. That's what they mean that, you, you know, he was a murderer from the beginning with lies and stuff of that nature. Okay, but what I'm basically saying here is he's talking to people. I'm just trying to show incidences where the devil could just be operating through you or if you're in, the, in your heart, even if, even if your heart is of... Um, <clears throat> I guess he has spiritually deadness on his way, or if you're in between or you're tamping on the toes, like you could sometimes be a Peter. <laughs> Hell, or a Downton Thomas. <laughs> okay, I just got a few more to go. Let's see, it's John 14. John 14 and 30. John 14 and 30. Hereafter, I will not talk with you much. Or hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world. This is him telling us who the prince of this world is, okay? And then, Luke, we were talking about how we see how Satan was even able to say that to the Messiah. He could have just said, why didn't he say to him, why don't you just, how about you go back home? And if you go back home, you know, I'll stop bothering the children. No, he tried to, he tried to do something that he know he had power over. You can't got power to send the Messiah back home, but you may could have the power to try to do the same things you do to man every single day. Sway them. Sway them to fall and keep falling. Let's go to John 12 and 31. John 12 and 31 basically says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Okay? This is the Messiah. Words are in red. He's just talking about um, the judgment of the world when it comes. 
he will cast out the prince of this world against Satan. Okay, so you have to understand this. This is not. This is not uh, stuff that is not that we ain't supposed to know. But you ain't supposed to just be thinking about oh the devil bothering you. I think you just really think that it's just an imaginary thing, like they talk about Santa Claus, which really is a devil too. But y'all pay attention on him. Yeah, I'm, you know we're not gonna stick to that right now because I got to keep on going with two more scriptures and then we are out of here. Not really because I got some more things to say after. <laughs> Let's just go to Revelation. Revelation. Revelation twelve. Revelation chapter twelve. Three. Four. Revelation chapter 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon its head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to earth, and the dragon which was, oh, yeah, and the dragon which was ready to be delivered for her child was uh, devoured. Now, I think I definitely got the wrong structure with that one. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. Uh, no. Mm, yep, nope, I got it here. Matter of fact, it's Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Okay? And this is, um, they're talking about there's no place anymore found for him in heaven. But again, deceives the whole world. The entire world deceives him so much so that, you know, the I say all the time, I mean, I, I like to give credit what's due to that one, but one thing I would give the, the devil, man, is that, he makes you question more about the existence of God than you even do think about him. And even if you think about him, the only relation you're going to think about him is as, as much as the TV has taught you. Some red figure walking around here is hilarious because he doesn't even look like that with horns. He could appear could, because then you're looking for that. And then when he manifests, he, he has manifested to men as women many times. You don't even know. You don't even know. He has manifested to different gods, shape-shifting beings, UFOs flying around here, these so-called apparitions in your house that you think is ghosts, dark shadows running through your house. They play with you. All they do is play with you. Okay? <clears throat> to see even the whole world because you start thinking about ghosts, you're not thinking about God. And you start thinking that was really your grandmother. Your grandmother really came back from her. She ain't going to tell you about that. She's just going to say everything is okay and that's it. She ain't going to tell you uh, nothing else about. So she don't, she don't, she ain't going to scold you for masturbating. You know, stuff like that. I'm just saying, like, if they're going to come back for, you know, to come get you and give you a powerful message, that's it. And not going to tell you God is real. Worship the, the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob always. Um, you don't know, nobody ever comes back and says, I'm burning in the heck. Everybody, or they just stand in your doorway. Yeah, your grandma came back all the way, took all that spiritual energy she had left to travel through the realm, just to come stand in your doorway at night and just peek in at you, all creep-like. You know, that's not your grandma, yo. That's <laughs> not your no disrespect to nobody. It's just not. Ephesians 2 and 2. Ephesians 2 and 2 says, um, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power in the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, which again, if you're not obeying God, you're operating under the influence of the devil. Like nobody's saying that anybody can change overnight, but the whole point is you're supposed to be, um, trying to grow in your journey. It's a journey. It's not a destination. It's a life thing. It's a lifelong thing, you know? But you want to stay on the path so you keep your covering so that you're protected and you can spot things so you can, your spirit can operate and move you to where God wants you to be or needs you to be 
and, and, and is destined for you to be in your life. But you can't really get there if you are keep falling into constant traps and snares of the devil. Certain if some of you are having dreams, not just because it's not just spiritual attack, it's certain people's energies that's around you. Certain people don't you don't even know where it's coming from. You don't you wouldn't even know because you don't know we don't interpret dreams like we're supposed to. We don't pray on them like we're supposed to. And some of us ain't even asking for the spirit of discernment like they're supposed to. So I wanna go to um like this power of authority of the air that keeps being mentioned as another reference to Satan. Uh, you got to remember, like, let's think about today. Like, back in the day, if you think about the air, obviously you think about something floating in the air or things just going through the air. If you're a spiritual being, I like to think that all those spiritual things can travel through anything. Actually, a, 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 a demon or an angel can shape-shift into a tangible object. That's what people don't seem to understand, like a car. It's like Transformers, not trying to be funny, but anything. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes they manifest. That's why sometimes your TVs be doing funny stuff. You know how people reach in the TV, just turn on all of a sudden stuff? Yeah, because they could, they could hop into it. So obviously if you're spiritual, you don't necessarily have a really, uh, any real form, you know, that one can see, especially them. Their true form, they're always going to hide because no man would um, operate uh, and listen to anything they say. You know, they, they have to come looking like an angel of light. That's why the scripture says, don't marvel that people are so wicked and and that uh, all these people is, is, is cunning. Stop looking for the obvious. You know, even your government, you know, they wear suits and ties at work. But those are the biggest. You talk about, if you want to talk about gangs, they make you look at the gangs on the street like they really, no, the biggest gangs in America, organized gang, is governments and their agencies of the world. They're the real bloods. They're the real killers. They, don't, they, got, more, they got more bodies than anybody. Anybody ever lived. This, I'm talking about the history of the government of the world. Now, that's, 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 it doesn't have to be under one president's reign or a 20-year period. I'm talking about since that nation stood, till the time it went down, since the beginning of the time. The governments, not them, the killers. <clears throat> so the power of the authority of the air. When I think about that today, I like, to, I like to think of things like, how can we talk about that? How does he operate today, though, otherwise? We know that if you avoid a person and, and does, if you too got too much ugliness in you, the spirit will flee, and that leaves you open up. So what I always say is for a, a, something to jump in. Uh, obviously, it's jumping in from the air. So obviously, but you, that to me is not what it means. I'm just giving you what you would think it means. To me, what I think it is, is like a foreshadowing of the times today, especially the last times. Um, you know, radio, TV, internet, this all comes through the air. You know, there's frequencies that we don't necessarily hear that from the poles outside, they tweak them. And we'll hear certain frequencies will go off in our ears and that'll change your mood. A lot of people don't even realize and even understand that's how even, even in the moods that you have, sometimes you get too irritated or something, or even with the chemtrails and things they're doing up there. But you got to talk about like the satellites, how everything is synced now. The way you like the, the, the internet has become like the all CNI, there's obviously no privacy. I can go on social media, there's a post for the, the page for this podcast, and all of a sudden it's telling me about people in my contacts who I haven't had in my contacts in a long time, and my number is not even connected, but it's still going to tell me that this person's here or that person's always showing you things. You know, there is no privacy. It's like everything, if you, if you do something here, all of a sudden it wants to do the cloud, I can't stand. You know, I try to keep as less pictures on my phone as possible, but it's definitely all seeing eye all concerning uh, the internet. The way technology is going today, people are voluntarily giving their thumbprint. People are voluntarily giving it. I mean, all of this stuff is getting fed back to some kind of a source or some kind of an energy, and it's going to be used against us. It's just the, the facts at the end of the day. You know, um, tech, the more technology advances, the more sinful people get. You know, these kids, if they didn't have so much influence of social media in hand every day, wouldn't be coming out of school looking like Kim K and, you know, maybe getting so caught up with all these sexual t- desires. You know, you can only imagine. It's kind of like when I was young, they say, oh, the music, the music. 
oh my God, well, forget the music back then, the music today and the stuff you see on TV and the stuff that's okay. You know, certain things that kids are, I think kids are going up way too fast. There's certain things they weren't about in high school that sure were about body image and things like that, but now they're more and, and lusty and it's really out of control. You know, teenage pregnancy just seems to be normal. Um, be, you know, the parents are getting younger. So you got, you do have a lot of kids raising kids. And I'm not saying just because you're young and young-minded, but I think we all know that there are some groups of young parents who probably wasn't really ready. We're not shunning them. We're just saying that they're not necessarily doing the best jobs. You know, I just seen a mother just up her son and daughter as Beyonce the other day. It wasn't even Halloween. I don't know what it was that they were doing, but she already got the young girl in a blonde wig. She, the girl had to be only like six, seven years old. The, the son was younger, like three, and the brother and sister was playing Jay-Z and Beyonce. So, you know, it's like the little things. Like when I was younger, my mother wasn't going to dress me up. And I'm just, it's just, it's just the times have changed. And you have to understand, you got to understand, like, people is a monkey see, monkey do generation. And a lot of people is imitating the Satan has control. You know, when you always have a device in your ear, or you always have something in your eyes in front of your face is looking. This is what I know these days is definitely him having the power and authority over the prince of the air. Look at your media. Look at your news. Look what they program you to watch every freaking day. And it's all programmed in television program, television program. They sit here and watch this. It's control. Okay. This is the this is the best thing Satan was able to do to not to control masses even faster is like um technology and media. You know, that's airwaves, you know. My personal opinion. Also, I guess you could say the power of authority of the air when they be flying in the air trying to act like UFOs. But during the present age, he and his demon hosts pretty much dominate pressure and control most uh I know I say every person who is unsaved or spiritually dead. Like, that's who is pretty much the one that is controlling um, their actions or their thoughts as far as what they feel they can do. Because he is the personification of spiritual death. And because um, he is also the poster boy or the face child for rebellion and things like I say, misery love company. If you think about rebellion and somebody say they're a rebel, the first rebel ever was. Um, was um, Lucifer himself when he fell and he, he stood up in heaven and made that blasphemous claim. Then you got to remember that uh, you got to remember Nimrod, who they said the name also could have been translated to rebel. And he also had the spirit of the devil in him who wanted to do the same thing that, but only now on earth, build a tower to go up to God. And, and how dare he flood this earth? And what? This is a rebellious, that spirit could, how could that spirit come from God? That spirit could have never came from God. You know, you just got to know these things. It just didn't. And so um, he is the prince and the ruler over the world system. And again, not all saved people or unsaved people are aware of this. And a lot of people are unknowingly, unknowingly subjected to the influence of Satan because, again, they share his nature or his likeness. And they all have one mind, as I mentioned before. So they participate in the rebellion against God, which they might not openly see as rebellion against God because, again, they are ignorantly doing these devices. And some just willingly because they have already made up their mind that there is no God. I don't want my children's head being filled up with some imaginary old man in the clouds. Some people, I hear people say the rudest things, you know, uh, you really believe a man who's 600 some years old built a boat? You know, all this other nonsense. And it's very blasphemous. I'm like, God, I'd be like, dang. Even if, I, even if there's a certain guy that I don't believe in, like Buddha, Shiva, and all of that stuff, uh, even if I don't believe in him, I don't have that much hate in my heart to, you know how many religions there are out there? You know how many different gods there are out there? You know how many different people there are to insult on a daily, daily basis? But if you turn on your TV and you watch a cartoon, especially like Family Guy, I had to stop watching many years ago. It's one of my favorite shows. I like to laugh. But a lot of shows, if you told them the one, the first guy, one of the first religions they're going to attack, I guess you could say it's Christianity. And again, the first thing they're going to do is talk about God or Jesus and make a joke. 
It's always an attack on that. I'm like, why don't y'all ever attack Buddha and Shiva? And like, damn, you know what I mean? Look at they, that's how you know they're trying to make you get programmed or people get programmed to at least specifically the Christian God. I'm not a Christian. I don't, I believe, I don't really believe in any denomination anymore. I'm a believer. I try to just read my Bible and worship God and spread in truth. But my point is it's supposed to dispel Christianity and try to mock it. Very, very rude. Very, very disrespectful. And again, naturally, they respond naturally to his leading and to his influence of his demons because um, they're all on the same spiritual wavelength. So I just wanted to remind everyone once again, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm still going to do an episode on our body experience, but just who the um, enemy really is, you know, who's just low key in the shadows that, you, you know, people are underestimating. You should never underestimate your enemy. When it comes to God, it's not just a lot of people go to God and they just say, I need you to do this for me. I want you to die for me. Why doesn't he love me? When I, I, you know, I don't know that, you know, once you get into a relationship with God and I say everybody who has the true revelation put on them and the spirit moving on them and they're coming to the truth, you have a responsibility now. Even if you decide to turn back and you change your mind and you let the world change you, you are, we're going to get a little bit harder if we, I guess you could say, fail the test as opposed to the people who never really woke up to the truth because they still kind of was under an ignorant veil of, a, of, a, of um, the, day, the devil. Meanwhile, he woke you up, you know, to get on assignment just to help with the building of the kingdom kind of thing. So I, want, I really want people, that's like my biggest thing is like reading. You know, people got to read more. I'm also going to start doing this thing that I used to do. I used to get index cards. I'm going to go out tomorrow, so I'm going to get some index cards. And I used to write scriptures. I used to make them like a good size. I used to write the, the verse the verse or whatever it is, like Proverbs, let's say one and one on one side. And on the other side, I would actually have what Proverbs one and one is. And I'll keep them in a, in a little flashcard holder because in case they get wet or something. This is stuff I used to do even when I was in college, and I used to try to memorize things. So I used to just take that method. I just said, let me just apply it to this. It's the same thing. You're, just, you're still studying. You're just not studying for college. You're studying for your, your life, your eternal life here. So I took that method, and I stopped doing it for a while. But I'm going to start doing the flashcard system again just to get some scriptures in, in the heart. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how it is now. It's not just about you know this or you read that or you heard the story anymore so much. as you got to have scriptures in your heart so that when you're out here, whatever it is, a scripture for everything you're going through, you know, try to get to memorize some of them. After a while, you can have you just just start spinning them out. Also, knowing the books of the Bible, that's something nice. That, you know, now I got more books to learn because I start reading all these other books. So I hope this episode was helpful to someone. And um, if you have any thoughts, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me. Until then, I'll see you all next time here on Who's on the Lord's Side.